Buenas tardes. You've guessed it. Soy El Vistoso, a.k.a. Lima Carroll. The first edition of El Vistoso in February 2013. Excluding, of course, the repeat of last week's show, which was actually a January show, but repeated on the 2nd of February. Saturday night. But this is a first de facto Elvis Dosso edition of February, and I hope you're not too worried about the speed with which January uh, came upon us and then said goodbye to us. February couldn't wait to muscle in and join in the, the monthly fray. Um, we're coming up towards uh, Lent, aren't we? For those of you of a Christian bent, uh, or maybe those of you who just like pancakes or like to try and lose weight, for example, by giving things up. You know, for Lent. That's happening very soon, about a week's time, I think. But today is, of course, the 5th of February. <coughs> I'm sorry. Yes, you didn't need to know that, and indeed, that jingle is now effectively wrong. Because, as you know, from looking at your very watches, or just your instinctive body clocks will tell you that it is not 5 to 6 p.m. as you're listening to this. My slot has moved. It is, of course, 8 to 9 p.m. But, you see, we love that jingle so much that we just want to keep on using it. Not for uh, the time that it gives, but just the sheer, unique, hectic uh, anarchy encoded in that wonderful sting. So, just for old time's sake, we're going to keep with it. We just hope we won't be confusing people in the process. Here's Manu Chow, just to get us back on track. Sometimes I feel 
Mr. Bobby ends by uh, uh, Manu Chow's Mr. Bobby ends in a very strange way. Um, unless, of course, uh, there's something I'm doing wrong, which is possible. I'm not infallible, yeah. you know. No, nine. Soy enfadado. Soy un poco enfadado. Soy un poco enfadado. Porque el alambre, el alambre no es bueno. No es perfecto. Y um, los alambres... Uh, uh, tienen que um, uh, tienen que eh, 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 estar perfecto uh, para mi mi um, audiencia eh, mi, mi audiencia eh, um, tienen que eh, uh, tener un eh, programa perfecta Gracias, uh, señor Abel. Um, no alambre. Uh, <ríe> un equivocarón. Uh, um, el, el cable. El cable no es perfecto. Pero um, uh, tiene que uh, 
estar perfecto para mi audiencia. Uh, mi audiencia uh, um, uh, tienen que uh, estar un programa, una programa perfecta y uh, tienen que los cables perfectos, no los cables um, terribles. Dante Dalglish will be here soon um, with his next um, duo of classical tracks and he's doing a bit of a face-off, isn't he, between two composers this week. Normally he just focuses on one, but he's doing two, uh, as if to try and compare them, juxtapose them, maybe decide which one's better. Um, but before Dante, uh, a bit more music. This is called Mint Car, it's by The Cure. It's all- 
Enhorabuena, Robert Smith. Well done. Superb. That was called Mint Car. Um, El Coche Menta. Uh, um, today, I've decided to play songs with intriguing titles. We have a song coming up later in the show after Dante's section called Live Bed Show. And, you know, I won't tell you who's done that. Some of you may know, of course, because some of you may well be fans of the um, purveyors of um, live bed shows. So, yes, I, I'm very much uh, attracted this week to songs with strange and rather funky, different, unique titles, odd, eccentric titles, such as Mint Car by The Cure. Um, the Cure, uh, a band very famous, uh, mentioned, uh, f- enshrined, immortalised in the lyrics of a song by the Ben Folds Five, uh, a, a line that goes, um, you're all dressed up like The Cure. So that's very uh, indicative. It tells you something about what The Cure are like, if you're not aware of uh, of them. Uh, from listening to Ben Folds Five, you get a sense of, of who they are. Um, now, what have we had so far? We had Manu Chow. Now, the interesting thing I learned today about Manu Chow is that it is believed that he performed in the very church opposite this very studio building in Brixton, where I, where I sit, warmly, sheltering from the freezing winds outside. Um, the, the track we played was called Mr. Bobby, a tribute, no doubt, to uh, Bob Marley. And the second track you heard was um, Hombre Araña, uh, the theme tune to the cartoon uh, well, the, tele- the televised cartoon, TV cartoon show of Spider-Man. Um, and then, of course, we've already just paid tribute to Mint Car by The Cure. So I'm going to play a little tingle. And uh, after that, the next voice you'll hear will be that of my esteemed colleague oh, and fierce that? rival, Dante Del Rish. Edward. Ah! I'm A very good evening to you, my uh, ladies and gentlemen, and classical music lovers. I am Dante Dalglish, as my my superior, Limo Carroll, as he likes to think himself, uh, informed you. Could somebody get the phone, please? Thank you. Um, sorry. Yes, we have a telephone ringing. This is a live show. Uh, today we have uh, something slightly different from what we normally do. Normally we have two or maybe three or even four tracks by uh, a composer, by one composer, allowing us to get a cross-section of uh, their uh, work, their oeuvre. Uh, but today I thought I would uh, choose two composers. Yes, because my uh, rather... Uh, my my beautiful classical section has rather injudiciously been truncated, truncated by my uh, the um, the uh, controllers of this uh, brutal radio regime in which I operate. Uh, so I will simply do my best. <clears throat> right. Okay. We are going to embark on a single single session. Featuring two different shoes. First of all, we'll have a piece by Franz Schubert, followed by a piece from another shoe. Uh, Not only also another shoe, but another Austrian shoe, making it a single single by Austrian shoes. A pair of shoes. Robert 
Schumann. But first, Franz Schubert. Franz Schubert and Ave Maria. Old Ab. Old Ab. Show 9. 20. Force. 5 minutes. 6 and... not one of his better pieces. That was Ave Maria by Franz Schubert, a piece that never quite gets going, maybe relies too heavily upon the which reminds me very much of the days in my university days when I used to haunt the corridors of academe, and from behind many of those doors I would hear piano lessons in session with Teachers forcing novices to practice scales. Maybe the world would be a happier place if Ave Maria had something in common with uh, the unfinished symphony, if it too proved to be unfinished. But that is, of course, a track for another day. Now, we go to uh, a new section of the show. Schumann. Robert Schumann. We uh, made a mistake earlier. While I was playing Ave Maria, I was able to acquaint myself with some textual material, and I discovered that I was wrong in my uh, aligning of the two shoes as Austrian. Schubert was Austrian, but Schumann was not Austrian. Schumann was German. 
So perhaps it is not a question of two Austrian shoes, but two Germanic shoes, if Austria can be assumed to be Germanic, and I think it can. Or maybe even we could say two Teutonic shoes. So, Schumann. This uh, Schumann piece is from, uh, surprisingly enough, given what we were talking about a second ago, um, scenes from childhood. The piece is called uh, Dreaming. I was so lulled into dreaming that I also missed the chance to 
do my job to provide the links. After that piece, I was so enchanted, charmed, asleep. Yes. Yes. Dreaming is unique. That was uh, Dreaming from Scenes from Childhood from the year 1838, uh, which is four years after 1834, the year in which the Palace of Westminster was burnt down by mistake. The arsonist had intended to burn down another building. 1838, and the original... Uh, Titling of that piece is something akin to Traumare from Kinderzinnen, if you wish the German original. Traumare is spelt with an A in the middle with an umlaut on the A. An umlaut. So, we have the first round of the Battle of the Shoes. Schubert Schumann. I would suggest to you that maybe round one I would give if I were a judge at ringside in a boxing ring. I would suggest that first round should go to Schumann. Toccata. Alt A. Nine live enter. She doesn't have to work. But she doesn't want to stay in bed. Cause it's changed from something comfortable To something else inside This bed has seen it all From the first time to the last The silences of man And the good times of the past
want to stay in bed Cause it's changed from something comfortable To something else instead Thank you very much indeed, Dante Dalglish, for just leaving me high and dry. Fortunately, Jarvis Cocker came to the rescue. That was Live Bed Show. I warned you that we'd play a song called Live Bed Show, and that was it by Pulp from the legendary album A Different Class, uh, for which they are justly famed. Yep, good one, Dante. That was good. We'll come back with some more Schubert and Schumann another time. Uh, I presume that's who we'll get again next week, unless he's going to, I don't know, do Elgar or something. But because of his general um, disdain for most things English, uh, I doubt that uh, Elgar will uh, ever be played. Mind you, I don't mind that. I'm not particularly into classical music, let alone Elgar. But um, I don't mind a bit of Benjamin Britten, you know. So, um... Interesting thing happened this week. Um, obviously, it's Tuesday evening, so while I'm on, uh, the latest episode of Death in Paradise will be on BBC One. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, Death in Paradise is a uh, TV drama uh, involving a English policeman who is sent to uh, a Caribbean island to solve crimes in the sun. And he's something of a fish out of water. Now, we're, we're currently um, well into the second series of Death in Paradise, um, El, El Muerte del Paradiso, I think. And uh, something very interesting happened in the latest episode, which is a, a week ago. Um, one of the motifs in this program is a lizard. The detective, uh, Richard, his name is uh, Ricardo, uh, in the very first episode, when he first moves into his apartment... Uh, he's he's not terribly happy. He's he's uncomfortable with the heat. He's he's used to all his English things, and he's a bit uh, um, uh, bad tempered about being so far away from home. And then he can't get rid of this lizard that keeps coming into his bedroom and things like that. And but he never. The great thing about this lizard, it, every episode or most episodes, it appears and it just sits there, uh, watching him wherever he is or whatever he's doing, in his house or in his balcony or garden. And this legartija, um, um, I think it is, uh, um, often gets in the way and just stares at him. And he is not afraid of him. He never runs away or anything like that. But the great thing about it is he never mentions this lizard to anybody. So um, he doesn't even mention it out. He doesn't even talk to it. He just shoes it away in total silence. And he doesn't... Um, mention it to his colleagues, so apparently nobody knows. And it becomes this this motif that's almost the secret possession of Richard and us, uh, the watching public. And because it doesn't relate to any of the stories, it almost feels like it's something that's happening in a separate mode of existence from the rest of the story. But in last week's episode, episode four of series two, um... In one of the scenes, Richard was arguing with uh, Camille, who is the other uh, detective he works with, who's local to the island. They have an argument, and she uh, um, rebukes him and says, oh, what are you going to do? Go home and watch TV with your lizard. Ah, so clearly he has actually mentioned this lizard, um, this ever-present lizard, 
to people. And and I feel, in a way, that's a shame now. That's sort of shattered the illusion of this lizard perhaps being some kind of almost metaphorical or metaphysical thing. Oh, this this uh, special confidential thing between him and us. Um, and that's been shattered now. So clearly it's, it, it now is anchored very much in the real reality of the stories rather than being this, what I quite like, which is this parallel sense of reality. Um, so that's filling you in on the uh, on Death in Paradise and the uh, cultural uh, zeitgeist that is uh, the UK at the moment. Um, now, I promised last week to play Hedonism by Skunk and Nancy and failed to do so because we ran out of time. So I am going to put that right right now. Enter.
Hedonism by Skunk and Nancy. Uh, why can't we have more Skunk and Nancy? One of the great British bands there. And uh, whatever happened to them? I uh, hope you're feeling happy now. Uh, I concur. And uh, I wonder how Old many cat. of my listeners are currently smoking cannabis. None of my business, of course. Just a, just a random thought that just came into my head. Um, right, now, um, of course, uh, enorabuena. Enorabuena. Uh, a Italia. Italia. Um, Por qué? Uh, el domingo pasado. Um, Italia ga ganado. Ganado. Um, uh, perdone. Ganó. Ganó. Italia ganó. Uh, uh, Francia. En el rugby. Ah, sí. Um, uh, lo siento, uh, Francia. Lo siento. Uh, qué pena. Qué pena. Uh, enhorabuena, Italia. Viva Italia. Um, now, this weekend, of course, in the Six Nations Rugby, uh, Italy will be playing Scotland. And um, I fully expect a good match. And I expect another Italian victory. Uh, because that is one country that Italy can normally expect to to beat. <laughs> <laughs>
Muddy Waters um, with uh, Crawling King Snake, which when you add that to the previous few minutes when I was rabbiting on about lizard talk, that doesn't half go to show how reptilian this show has suddenly become. And of course, we can put Crawling King Snake with our collection of uh, bizarre and wonderful song titles Live Bed Show, Mint Car, and now Crawling King Snake. He's going to crawl into your window. He's going to crawl into your door. So that means he's going to come through the window and then go back out again and then use the door. What's the point of that? Well, I suppose it's just a license for uh, making lyrics and uh, uh, contradictions. I suppose lyrics aren't to be studied too closely for their logic. Um, Unless, of course, he comes through a window and then through the door to her bedroom, I suppose. Yes, he did seem to be a bit ambitious in that department, didn't he? Right. Um, we're going to continue our survey of what's been um, centenarified. It's 2013, which means it's uh, 100 years since something happened and 200 years since something else happened. And we're going to look at some of those now. We've mentioned already that it's 10 years since the congestion charge in central London was brought in um, so that you have to pay to go into central London. Quite right, too, because uh, all that uh, congestion and uh, pollution... Um, but if we look back a bit further in history, if we go back to, for example, the year 1313, that's a good-looking year, 1313, a wonderful symmetry there, um, the Italian poet Boccaccio was born. So quite a city. So that's, um, that's 700 years ago, man. Is that right? Is my maths holding up to scrutiny? 2013, yeah, 700 years since the birth of Boccaccio. I don't have his precise birthday, um, but we're just doing the years. So that's the 700th anniversary of Boccaccio's birth. He, he wrote the, he wrote the uh, Decameron, which is uh, an autobiography of David Cameron. Um, it's also about the effect of the Black Death on people, I think. The uh, similar sort of experiences, aren't they? Um, Ooh, David Cameron and the Black Death. And um, then we have um, 1713, the year 1730. That's 300 years ago since the birth of Denis Diderot. Now, he, of course, uh, was French. Oh, he might have been Swiss or Belgian, actually. I better double-check that. I just assume he was French um, because the name looks French. Um, but that's no guarantee of Frenchness, is it? I mean, take... Um, take... Um, Forget it. Um, then then we move on to 1813, which is only a, a mere 200 years ago. Um, we have two heavyweight dudes who were born in that year. So we're looking at the 200th anniversary of the birth of Giuseppe Verde. Or Verdi. Giuseppe Verdi. Um, who's not been featured yet in Dante Dalglish's um, classical self-obsessions. And, um, but maybe he will. Um, yeah, yeah. Giuseppe Verdi, famous for his operas. And um, and also born in the same year as him, so also 200 years since the birth of Richard Wagner. Um, now, he, of course, 
um, is well known because he he, uh, he starred in the 1950s version of uh, Prince Valiant opposite James Mason. And then, of course, uh, once the sort of film roles uh, dried up, he got uh, quite a lucrative deal playing the part of um, John... Was it... Uh, yeah, Jonathan and Jennifer Hart. Yeah, Heart to Heart, the TV show. Um, that was that was Richard Wagner, wasn't it? Uh, which ran for quite a few years um, about the husband and wife team who solved crimes in America uh, with their dog Freeway. And uh, I don't know what he's doing these days, Richard Wagner. But in between that, he managed to get round to composing a few operas and and some because they last several days, apparently, don't they? So, um, yeah, so two major composers for eighteen thirteen. Uh, Dennis Diderot, not quite sure what he did in 1713, and Boccaccio, who who was the biographer of David Cameron in 1313. So, quite quite a quite a number, isn't it? Thirteen. Alt, well, enter. Here's James with a song called. Sorry.
Perde Control. That's uh, Lose Control by James there. And uh, Dennis Diderot es un person importante en uh, la literatura de Francia. Sí, sí. Um, Abel. Señor. Ah, muy bien. Abel es aquí. Uh, ¿Qué tal? Muy bien, ¿y tú? Uh, bastante bien. Un poco enfadado. ¿Con el cable o el alambre? Con el, con el cable. Cablo. ¿Cable? 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 Ah. Uh, con el cable. Uh, el cable es, uh, es uh, terrible, horrible y... Muy malo. Muy malo. <ríe> ¿Hay uh, otros cables? En la tienda. ¿La tienda? <ríe> en la tienda. Sí, tenemos que comprar otro cable. Ah, uh, so, um, hay solo uno cable en este edificio. Solo un cable para tu ordenador. Sí. Computadora, computer. Sí, so, uh, I, oh, so, to, tengo que uh, comprar uh, un otro cable de la tienda. Uh -huh. uh, ¿Dónde está el, la tienda? Muy cerca de aquí. ¿Muy cerca? Uh, ¿Tres kilómetros? No, eso es lejos. ¿Tres lejos? Tres kilómetros es muy lejos. O muy lejos. Um, eh, tres lejos. Trescientos metros. ¿Trescientos metros? Sí. A la izquierda. Es muy lejos. A la izquierda. Está muy cerca, en esta calle. Ah, en, en el dirección opuesto de la estación. <risa> sí, en la dirección sí. opuesta. Ah, muy... Ere, 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 muy... Muy estúpido. Vale. Vale. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, apologies to those listening who don't speak Spanish. Um, because I'm supposed to be the token English voice on Aculco. And uh, I'm neglecting you, aren't I? Uh, I'm sure you got the gist of all that, though. Um, now we've got a few more songs to play. Um, let's see, look at my script. Mm, so what comes after Lose Control by James? Ah, oh, uh, I'm pretending to know. We, we've, got, we, we've got some good stuff coming up, actually. We've got some Alicia Keys in a minute. There you go. See, I have been rebuked on occasion for not playing enough women, but I, I, I don't think that's a, a well-founded rebuke. I think women feature in every show I, I have. Um, perhaps I ought to play 50%. Yeah, I suppose that might be. Yeah, I haven't managed 50% yet. Perhaps that's what I should be building towards. I, see, I am, I am working towards being an equal opportunities broadcaster. So, next we have... Uh, now, this song was played more than once um, over the tannoy at Craven Cottage, the home of Fulham Football Club. And... Um, You know, I just took that for I, I took that for granted, really. But and it was only years later when it suddenly occurred to me why they play it. And maybe you'll guess that for yourself when I when I play it to you Enter. now. Enter. It's Echo and the Bunny Man.
Gracias para me escuchando. Hasta la próxima.